Shalom, everyone. I'm so glad you are here today. Today, we're going to talk about the power of your testimony, of telling your story, how we defeat Satan by the words of your testimony. When we tell our story, we declare the victory of Jesus. We glorify our Savior. And we can continue telling it everywhere. When we continue telling it, we continue glorifying Him. Every time you tell your testimony, it's like exposing evil. And it's actually decreeing and declaring the victory of Jesus into this world. It's like giving praise to Him. And it's like worship to the Lord. Because we go out and we give Him glory for the great things he has done. Psalm 105.1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his doings among the people. It's all over the Bible. And we're going to talk about today what happens in the spirit realm when you tell your story out loud to others. This is Jennifer Guetta, and I'm a biblical archaeologist who came to know Yeshua through a supernatural experience and through dreams. And this is the Awestruck Podcast, where you will learn about the secrets of the supernatural by an archaeologist who actually experienced it. So let's get started. Let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus, and I pray that you will reveal unto us the importance of telling our story and proclaiming your goodness and why we should keep telling it over and again of what happens in the spirit realm when we do. Please guide us and direct us through this entire podcast and help us to learn from it. In Yeshua's mighty name, I pray, amen. So let's start with Isaiah 12, 4 through 5. It says, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. So the Bible says that when God does something good, we are to proclaim it to all the world. First Chronicles 16, 8, 9, 23, and 24 also says, Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Tell everybody about his wonderful deeds. Deeds Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everybody about the amazing things he's done. This is what the Bible says, to tell the story over and over again. That's also, for example, what we do on Passover. We make God great and we tell his story. We make the miracles great and we tell people about what he has done. I praise him and thank him every single day. For he has visited and redeemed us, his people, and he rescued us from the powers of darkness and brought me into the light. And I have a lot to be thankful for. When God does something good, we're to give him glory. So every chance I get, I tell the story to praise him and praising him 
for what he has done is far more powerful than you can imagine. It's a strong weapon against the darkness. So today I'm going to show you why it's important to give God glory and to speak of his marvelous things. We're living in perilous times. Many think that the end times have started. We all see that there is so much spiritual warfare going on around us. We know the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion looking whom he can devour. Do you feel attacked by the enemy? Are you praying because you feel the enemy is holding something over you and you don't know how to get out? We're living in the end times. The attacks are only getting worse. But what do we do? I want to start actually by reading a scripture that might be very familiar to you. Revelation 12, 11. And it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life unto death. According to the book of Revelation, the church will defeat the devil in the end times by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and by not loving their lives until death. What does that mean? One, proclaiming the victory of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, at Passover and every day celebrating communion and proclaiming the blood of Jesus over everywhere. Two, going forth, speaking the word of God and telling our story and giving Jesus the glory. Three, being willing to have so much courage that our life is no longer important. Not loving our life unto death means we have extreme courage. It doesn't say we will defeat the devil by sitting at home or in the church and praying for protection. It says we must go forth. Why is that? Because speaking about the blood of Jesus, going forth, and speaking his victory in the, in the world is a spiritual weapon against the darkness. Psalm 107, 1 through 2 says, O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. So let the people that, G that the Lord has saved be able to speak and tell their story. My story, my testimony, is an example of Revelation 12, 11, for I had to fight a great battle against the darkness. And at the time, I had never heard of these scriptures. But when I was going through one of the greatest battles of my life, this is precisely what Jesus made me do to defeat the darkness without me knowing it. In this time, I learned, or at that time, I learned the power of the blood telling my testimony, and I had to give my life up for him. Let me just tell you very short about the story. If you want to read the entire story, then I suggest for you to read my book, Awestruck by Glory. You can get it in all online bookstores, or you can go to my website, awestruckbyglory.com. Today, I'm going to show you why it is important to tell a testimony and my, like why I tell my story to defeat the enemy. And I'm also going to give you 12 important points during this time why it is important to tell your testimony and what it does in the spirit realm. 
So let me give you a short version of my story. I'm a biblical archaeologist and I excavated Israel for many years. I worked in Megiddo, Ashkelon, Jerusalem, and many other places. I spent years searching for the truth about the Bible in the ancient dirt, but nothing ever helped. My husband comes from Israel, and he's a scientist. And we lived at the time in a quiet Dutch town. I'm a convert to Judaism, and we were a part of a liberal synagogue, a conservative synagogue, that we visited a couple times a year, but we never experienced God personally. Until one day, everything changed. We invited the great-granddaughter of a famous Kabbalist into our house. She came for just one day, but instead she stayed for three months. We did not believe in evil and thought she was all about love and tolerance. Little did we know that she was actually doing witchcraft in our house. Yes, the real thing. Only we didn't believe in the spirit realm, and we were so naive. We didn't believe in witchcraft at all, and we were deceived. When we finally got her out of the house, we were attacked by an invisible enemy that we did not know existed. Demons attacked us at night. We saw them. We felt them. The archaeologists and the Jewish scientists quickly woke up. For five months, we went through hell, not knowing what to do. They would attack us often, and even at the same time. This was not just a demon. This was a principality, the queen of Kabbalah herself. We tried everything to get rid of them. For first, we went to the rabbis, then to the New Age stores. No one knew what to do. I even painted blood on my doorways because I knew that they didn't like blood, but it didn't help. Then one day, someone told me to cast them out in the name of Jesus. We were so desperate, we thought we would try it. We called on his name on the 5th of May, 2013, and then something changed. And we wondered, why do demons listen to him? But the fight wasn't over. The demons kept attacking us now more and more. We saw them often in our dreams, but something had changed when we called upon his name. Every time we were attacked, we felt the presence of someone else protecting us, and we felt God's light coming into the room and filling us. We were no longer alone. Many miracles started to happen, and the Bible started talking back and said, follow me. It took several months before we were totally freed, and we kept feeling their attacks. We knew that they didn't hear, that they didn't like to hear about the blood of Jesus. So we prayed the blood and proclaimed the blood of Jesus over all our house and all our family, and this worked. After all those attacks, and after we called upon the blood of Jesus, I accepted the Lord in June 2013. But before I got baptized in America, the Lord showed me these scriptures, Isaiah 43, 10 through 11. He said, You are my witness, saith the Lord, and my servant, who I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. The Lord, there is no other Savior. He told me I was his witness. I had seen things nobody else had seen, and a witness was really to tell the story. 
And then he showed me John 15, 16. And he said, you have, cho- you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you will go forth and bring forth fruit. I knew he wanted me to speak about what had happened and expose what these people are doing. I was terrified. Why? Because these demons were working in deep secret and they had threatened me not to talk about them. They were threatening to attack even more. They wanted me to keep my mouth shut. I was so scared because the last thing the devil wanted me to do was to expose him. I was scared he would attack and make things worse. But now Jesus was telling me the very opposite. He said, expose them and be my witness. If he also showed me Ephesians 5.11, where it says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. A few weeks after I got home from America, I received an email from Dutch National Television. They had seen my website for my children's books, and they wanted to know if, they, if I wanted to talk about my faith on national TV. Can you imagine? On Sunday morning at 9 a.m., prime time, I was given 30-minute interview, and they wanted to know what I thought about God. They had no clue about what I had been through and what had happened. They just found my website and thought it might be interesting to know what a biblical archaeologist thinks. Coincidence? Impossible. I was stunned. God was serious. I had to be a witness and speak about what happened on national TV at the most watched time and expose them. I had just come out of a terrifying ordeal and was still recuperating. I was plagued by fear at the time, and yet the Lord wanted me to expose her during the most watched time on Sunday morning, when half the country would be watching. I'd never spoken about God in public. Now suddenly I had to speak about everything that that happened out in the open, to literally expose them. I can tell you it was one of the most terrifying things I was ever told to do, but I knew I had to do it. I knew the demons would be angrier than ever and would try and retaliate. And after everything I went through, all I wanted was rest from the situation and for everything to go back to normal. But I had to trust in Jesus, Yeshua, completely. I had to trust him to protect me and my family and to be obedient for his calling. That's what trusting is, to obey him also in what he says, even if it looks like it's against all odds. He is the one that told me to speak, and therefore he is the one who I had to trust to protect us and help us against her attacks. I did not know but he would have to give me the strength and the words. I knew there was more to it than just exposing them. He also wanted me to warn others. I did notice something important, though. The more I spoke about Jesus, the more the demons fled. And I had never, ever read Revelation 12, 11 before. I had experienced the power of the blood of Jesus in casting out the demons. But now I was about to learn the power of my testimony. 
Later, I read many books about the power of testimony and spiritual warfare. I read that it is indeed exposing the darkness and talking about the great things Jesus has done, which makes the enemy flee. But I did not know that then, and talking about it was the most difficult thing that I could do. When I told the television hosts what had happened to me in the last year, they were stunned about the timing. So as I told them that it is amazing, it's just amazing how God uses people when they, even when they don't know it. That, that television crew, they had no idea they were being used by God. And they came to me at just the right time. To them, they were just doing their job. That's how the kingdom of God works, on the move. God sends his people. And all those people are moved by the Spirit of God. On the day that the television program confirmed the interview, the scripture in my digital Bible was Isaiah 12, 4 through 5. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations for what he has done, and proclaim his name exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let it be known to all the world. Amen. Often when we discuss Revelation 12, 11, most people never mention the last part of the sentence. They love not their lives unto death. To defeat the devil, we have to have incredible courage and not care about our own life. We have to stare fear in the face and not be afraid of repercussions or threats from the enemy. We defeat the demons by proclaiming the blood of Jesus, speaking our story, our testimony, and not being afraid to expose them even if it means losing everything. Jesus also did this. To defeat the devil, he gave up his own life for us and told his disciples to tell his story. In the next few months, by the way, I worked back to the story. In the next few months, I worked with the television program to tell, you, to tell my story. It was one of the most difficult things I had ever done. And it was in Dutch. And I didn't know how to talk about God in Dutch. Plus, it also meant I would be on record talking about Yeshua in public, the Messiah of Israel, something the Jewish community and my former rabbis did not like at all. After all, I was a liberal convert, and in their eyes, it was betrayal. But I had to do it because it kept the demons away. It was survival. And I knew there were still many people out there who were chained to her spells. The God of Israel wanted me to speak up for his people, even though his people did not understand. In addition, I had to face the silent ridicule of my family in Holland. I knew that to them, believing was the stupidest thing anyone could ever do. That in, in, in my family, believing was for the weak people, those who could not handle their situation. They looked down on it almost more than drugs. To top it off, the absolute worst thing anyone could do is to talk about it to others. On my father's side of the family, that was about the greatest sin you could do. In their eyes, it was weak and stupid. Little did they know that for me, it was just the opposite. It wasn't weakness which drove me to talk about it. Oh, I was afraid. But it wasn't that their ridicule that I was afraid of. 
I had experienced the dark side, and that fear was so much greater than my family's thoughts about me. I knew I had to talk about it as a weapon against the darkness. It was God's strength which propelled me, tremendous strength to stand up in front of all of Holland, my family, and the Jewish community, and the archaeological community. What would you do if God told you to tell your story, your testimony, on national television, and everybody would come to know about it? Basically, I had to give up everything that people thought of me. I had to lose myself and step over every inch of fear that I had. I had to talk and expose the darkness in order to defeat it. I had to stop being afraid that people would, would see me as a religious fanatic a cra- and, and, or some kind of crazy. A few months later, on the day of filming, the Lord strengthened me again and I felt his blanket of love all around me. The Holy Spirit came upon me and I felt so much joy as if I was walking in liquid love. Many people who watched the program later told me that it seemed like the TV interviewer was helping me along. Well, he was, because I asked him to. I was walking in a cloud of what I now know as the strength of the Holy Spirit. I did not tell the whole story that first time. I wasn't ready for everything, but it was a good start. And on that day, All my nerves were on edge, but I spoke with courage about Jesus for the first time ever in public to the whole country. And the darkness certainly noticed. That day I received a message from someone on Facebook who started threatening me. It was a direct threat and a way of that witch telling me that she knew that I, what I was doing. I clicked her away and said God's power was so much stronger. On the 5th of January, 2014, the television program was aired. And that day, it was exactly one year after that Kabbalist had left my house. During the program, I spoke about the victory of Jesus over her and how Jesus defeated her. I called it Victory Day. That afternoon, I read an article on Facebook about the word follow me which touched my soul so deeply. I had literally been called to follow him and was sent out to tell the world to give up everything for the one who saved me. The Lord gave me many more opportunities later to tell my story all over Holland and all over America. Now, even on the Sid Ross show, where I will be able to tell the whole story to all everywhere. He keeps telling he keeps telling me to tell the story, and every time I tell the story, the attacks leave. In Jesus' name. When we were attacked by witchcraft, the Lord told me to do the exact opposite of what people expect. I had to speak the blood of Jesus and testify to his defeating the devil. My story was my weapon, and sitting at home praying for protection would not have helped. When Satan attacked, I had to speak and tell the story and proclaim the victory of Jesus over my life. For me, it wasn't a choice. It was survival and to give him glory. 
and I had never read Revelation 12, 11. So what can we learn from this? What exactly is a testimony? The word testimony translated from the, is translated from the Greek martyria, which means evidence. The root is martyr. It means giving evidence of that which nearly killed you and how you made it through the toughest trial in your life. The word testimony in Hebrew means idut. It means precept or warning and also witness, as in one who gives evidence. That's what a witness is supposed to do, to tell the truth about what they have seen. But did you know that in the Old Testament, the word for edut also means revelation? Bill Johnson calls it, it's a revelation of God's legislation, legal proof of God's trustworthiness and supremacy. Revelation 12, 11, there it says that the word for testimony could also mean to speak the word, to preach it. It's like your personal story of how God saved you. Preaching the word of God with your testimony is even more powerful. And that is exactly what I am doing right now. When a testimony is grounded in the word of God, it is a sword in the spirit realm. If you want to know more about my testimony and how I had to go out and tell the story, you can read it in my book, Awestruck by Glory, which you can find everywhere online. Well, in this next part, let's talk about why is a testimony a powerful weapon in the spirit realm? I'm going to give you 12 important points that really show how it is a spiritual weapon against the enemy. Point number one, it exposes the enemy and makes demons flee. Every time I was in a spiritual battle, I had to repeat my testimony over and over again. Why is that? Because it puts the enemy to shame and makes demons flee. They don't want to be exposed. And when you tell your story, you're exposing them. Repetition of this is important, especially if the battle is fierce. Demons run when they are exposed. After the TV interview, the Lord gave me many more opportunities to speak on television, radio, or all kinds of events. And every time I told my story, the demons fled even further. It is literally a legal issue in the spirit realm. And that's why demons flee. It's like going on the offense instead of the defense. It puts the enemy to shame openly. Point number two. It raises you above the situation and makes you live in victory. Telling your testimony and your story is proclaiming the victory of Jesus into the world in your life. Like the Romans did when they won, they made a show of victory over the enemy to embarrass the enemy. And that's exactly what you are doing. The enemy doesn't want to be reminded of the horrible day Jesus defeated him at the cross and the horrible day that you were set free and he had to let you go in the spirit realm. It's embarrassing to other spirits. So they, so you should put the enemy to shame again by telling your story. You are also proclaiming the victory Jesus has in your life personally so you can actually live in victory. 
Point number three, proclaiming your victory is what God told us to do on Passover. It's proclaiming your exodus and making his miracles great and big because that's what the Lord wants. In Psalm 105, 1, he says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. This psalm specifically also speaks about Passover. And also your personal Passover is when you were saved out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Your testimony is your story, your personal Passover. So if you want to keep the enemy out, you must keep proclaiming God's victory. Point number four, a testimony connects you to other people because it must be told in truth. It's your story. And therefore, other people will recognize it and be able to relate to the things happening in your story. And that will help set them free. This is the one of the reasons Jesus also used parables to tell stories. And he commanded his disciples many times to go out and tell their story. Point number five, your story, your testimony confirms God's words as truth. There's nothing more powerful than a miracle testimony. Jesus and his disciples used them to confirm that the words that God spoke were real. Point number six, it, a testimony is telling, a testimony is what Jesus told most people he rescued to do. Not every time, but usually whether spiritually or a physical healing. He usually told them to proclaim it to others, unless there was a specific reason not to. The proclamation of his victory was important. For example, in Luke 8, the man uh, who had left, the, whom the demons had left, begged to go out of Jesus. But he sent them away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went to proclaim all over the town, how much Jesus had done for him. Amazing. Sometimes Jesus told people not to speak about it. For example, in Luke 5.14 and Luke 8.56. But he always says this because there was a specific timing for it because he knew that the time was not right. It's also what Jesus told the disciples to do after the resurrection to testify about what they had seen, to be his witness. Acts 4.33 says, And with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. So it shows that Jesus is alive today. Point number seven Telling your testimony boosts faith in others. It creates an atmosphere of trust in God. Randy Clark has a lot of books about this story. Many churches know this, and we're often using it specifically when we pray for healing. People trust God so much after a story, and then they get healed. We have seen this happen. But it's also about salvation, because when we tell the story of how we are saved, Others can be saved too. Faith cometh by hearing and by hearing of the word of God. Romans 10, 17. Point number eight, God, when you tell your story, your testimony, it's like asking God to do it again in other people's life. 
The word witness edut in Hebrew has a primitive root, and it also means to return, to repeat, or do again. If we look at this meaning, it shows us that our experience of which we testify can influence others to imitate or copy us, or even be warned from doing a particular thing. Therefore, testimonies reveal what we can expect God to do again. Sharing our testimony encourages and imparts faith to others, and it releases God's power to perform similar acts. Remember, a testimony is a revelation of God's legislation. When a testimony is spoken, God's covenant legislation comes with it, and he repeats the miracle. And it's not just for healing. It's also for salvations. Revelation 19.10 says, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When Jesus does something, it's like a prophecy over others. And when we testify of the things he has done, we are prophesying over others and asking God to do it again. So amazing. For this reason, we tell testimonies and healing service to raise people's faith, and we ask God to do it again. But I'm telling you, it's not just for healing. God repeats the miracle also with salvation. And how often do we tell our testimony of how God saved us, which is so much more important? When was the last time you told somebody your testimony? I pray that everyone that hears my story will be set free specifically from the spirit of Jezebel where I came out of, a testimony of a great exodus. Did you know that when we don't tell our testimony, God is actually limited when we do not recount his acts of blessings and power? Psalm 78, 40 to 42 says, uh, reveals that Israel provoked him in the desert and grieved him in the desert and limited the Holy One of Israel because they did not remember his power. No one can argue the power of your testimony and you don't need to be a theologian to share it. In John 9, one of the, man, the, of the, the story of the man born blind was healed on the Sabbath. When, before the Pharisees started explaining his healing, his response was both simple and profound. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. I can tell you that too. This I know as an archaeologist. I used to be blind, but now I see. Point number nine, your testimony shows that Jesus is alive. Do you know there are many stories about people getting saved supernaturally? This shows that God is real and Jesus is alive right now in this world. So many people need this hope right now. And interestingly, all these stories, they have many things in common. There's people all over the world who are having dreams about a man in white that comes to them and saves them. I already know personally six people who had dreams like that, that they're very similar. How can people have the same dreams? Doesn't matter where they come from, which culture, they all see Jesus. It's amazing and it shows that Jesus is real and that he can rescue anybody in any situation. It gives hope to people all over the world. If he gives giving dreams about Jesus all over the world, it shows that God is real.
Point number 10, a testimony boasts in God and gives God the glory. Don't withhold stuff that God did just to be modest. This is something that happens very often in Christianity, and we just see it so many times. We don't have to be modest. The Bible says we're supposed to speak it out loud. Out loud, We have to glorify the things of God that God has done and tell the world of his wonderful works. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Psalm 107, 21. When you boast about God, it literally changes the atmosphere. And the more that Christians testify and give praise reports about the wonderful acts of God, the more it draws attention to his greatness and causes the world around us to inquire about him. So never be ashamed. Point number 11, when you tell your story, you can be made whole and it brings joy to your heart. This is shown in Luke 17, 15 through 19, where Jesus heals the leopards, and one comes back and gives glory to God, and he is made whole. In other words, in giving glory to God, you'll never find, you, you, you will be restored completely and made whole. So we're to tell the story. It's so amazing. Point number 12, testimony releases hope. When I told you about all the people having dreams about Jesus, you started getting hope in this world. And we need hope because we see there's so many bad things happening in the world. When I told you I saw Jesus, you started getting hope. When I told you he saved me from a terrible spiritual attack, it gave you hope. I survived Armageddon. I survived a severe attack of witchcraft. And Jesus rescued me personally. But I am uh, uh, I'm here right now, and he made me whole. He restored me, and I am more passionate than ever for God. And I want to give Jesus the glory. Why? Because I know he can do the same for you. So no wonder Satan hates our testimonies. So to conclude, in our spiritual battle and from the Word of God, I learned that Telling our story is one of the highest levels of spiritual warfare. And yes, sometimes we have to have wisdom and discernment. In some cases, indeed, Jesus did that too. In some cases, we have to be discerning because the timing is not right and we have to wait until the Lord. We always have to do exactly tell it when God tells it. But I can tell you this. I overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb first. And then the word of my testimony, and I had to lay my life down, like in Revelation 12, 11. And demons ran when I spoke about them. When we share our story and glorify what God had done, it's a sword. Your testimony is one of the greatest weapons you have. The more you expose the darkness and glorify what Yeshua has done, the more the enemy flees. Now, what has the church done most of the time? Today, I see many Christians living on the defense. They're afraid of speaking about Jesus because people are afraid of the attacks of the enemy. Christian would say to me, be careful, because if you stick your head out, you might get hit. Well, that is true. I might. But Jesus told me to trust in him. 
and to obey him is to tell the story. Go on the offense. But this is, you know, it's like you have to expose the darkness in order to defeat it. He told me not to be afraid. And the truth is the enemy doesn't want his secrets exposed and might fight back. But the more the light of Jesus is spread, the more the enemy runs. So the last part of Revelation 12, 11, it's often forgotten and the most important, they love not their lives until death. If the enemy is attacking you, it means I would suggest go tell somebody your testimony. It also means we have to be willing to look like a fool and lose everything. We have to be willing to take enormous risks and die to ourselves. We have to be so sure of the blood of Jesus that we are willing to step out and make a fool of ourselves and give up our securities. So what are you most afraid of? People, some people might think you're a religious fanatic. You know, people might be afraid their family might get hurt. Well, we might have the blood of the lamb. We might have the words of our testimony, but what are good are they if we don't talk about them? When we stand up in the face of adversary and give up everything we have to trust Jesus completely, that's when the victory comes. And through his trust and faith, more miracles will come. The enemy tries to scare us, to keep us from talking, because he knows that when Christians rise up and speak the victory of Jesus over people and places, he is defeated. So telling your testimony, the, remembering the blood and the name of Jesus can literally smash spiritual evil strongholds. Many Christians today prefer to stay protected inside their churches, not to go out. People have stopped speaking about Jesus to the public because they are afraid of what people would say. As the churches shrink, they wonder why no new people are coming in. Some people tell their testimony one time to a group of people, and then they stop talking about it. But when we sit at home only praying for protection, we're on the defenses. We stop talking about it, and we limit God and give the enemy territory. Therefore, we must keep on telling the story, keep on preaching. That is the key, to keep on going, proclaiming the kingdom non-stop. It's an upside-down kingdom. It works in a different manner, the other way around. The more we speak about the kingdom and expose the darkness, the more we live on the offense, the more the enemy flees. We must not sit still, but continually go by proclaiming what he has done. So when the enemy attacks us, of course, we got to pray. God commands us to pray. But instead of just sitting at home, we should go around and tell our story to others. In the midst of me, that's what I had to do. In the midst of me organizing a great Passover, Jesus delivered me. And I had to tell the story over and over again. I had to go on the offense. So speak and don't be afraid. And we have to keep telling our testimony. That's the key. Even if your family, friends, and surroundings are tired of hearing your story, we have to keep proclaiming the victory of Jesus into the world 
so that the whole world will know that what he can do for them. So this is my question to you. When was the last time you told somebody how Jesus saved you? Satan has persuaded many people to stop telling their story, their testimony, by threatening their securities or giving them a false sense of safety. Your material possessions are not your securities. Only Jesus is. Jesus said that if we stand up for him in front of men, he will also stand up for us to his Father in heaven. Matthew 10, 32. So let's keep talking about him every chance we get. So right now, I want to pray with you that I know it's hard. I know that people might laugh at you. I know that friends might leave you. They, and you're talking about Jesus all the time. Don't force anything upon them. You don't have to preach. You just have to tell your story. What happened to you? How Jesus rescued you? That shows that he is real and that they can also call upon him sometime in their life. So if you want to defeat the darkness in your life, go and tell your neighbor about what Jesus has done. I want to also challenge you to consider telling your story to three people this week. Three people, tell three people about how Jesus saved you, how he took you out of the kingdom of darkness and into the light and see what happens in their lives. Let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, Lord God of Israel, I come to you in the name of your Son, Yeshua Jesus, who we love. Together with the people listening, Lord, I pray that you will install in them great courage. Courage to stand up in front of adversary. Courage, Lord, to help them to overcome their fear and to trust in you completely so they can tell their story out loud wherever they go. Lord, I pray that many testimonies will go out into the world and that the demons will flee, the darkness will flee, that the enemy will flee. Lord, I pray that many people will come to know Yeshua and that you will do it again as the people hear the testimony. And specifically, Lord, also, also for me, if they, when they hear my testimony, Lord, I pray that many more people will come to know you. And I pray that the people here listening, Lord, that they will go forth and tell their story and that even more people will be saved. Lord, give us the courage. Give us the courage, Abba, to stand up in front of the everywhere, no matter what happens, to stand up for you. And we thank you, Jesus. We pray for your Holy Spirit in us. Because you said, Lord, your Holy Spirit is what gives us that courage, really, to speak. That's what happens on Pentecost. So we pray for that Holy Spirit in all of us to give us the words to stand up. And not just to tell the story one time, but Lord, we pray that you will help us to tell the story every day of our lives every day of our lives to continue telling the story so that many people will come to know you and that demons will flee and that your kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. 
We love you, Jesus, and we just bless you with all our heart and soul. And I also right now bless the people listening. I pray, Lord, I, I pray a great blessing over them. In Yeshua's mighty name, amen. I hope you enjoyed this podcast today and that it blessed you. And if you want to know, if you want to hear more, then I advise you to listen to my podcast, Awestruck Secrets of the Supernatural on Spotify, iTunes, and many other places. You can also read my entire story, my book, Awestruck by Glory. You can get it online in many places, in Amazon and others. Uh, or you can go to my website, awestruckbyglory.com. There's lots of information there as well. Uh, or you can go to my YouTube channel, which is Awestruck with Jennifer Guetta. And you can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on Telegram. I have a channel called Prophecy from the Galilee, where I put many daily things. All right, many blessings to all of you, and may God bless you. Goodbye. Goodbye.